is Get Into the Groove, the podcast where we find a groove and we get into it. I'm Brandon. I'm Melissa. I'm Colton. I'm Jeannie. And we are your co-hosts for our first ever anti-Grammys. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's award season and the Academy is back on their bullshit, which means the 63rd annual Grammy Awards, they are next weekend. Okay, and a ton of fabulous artists got nominated, but a, a ton of fabulous artists did not get nominated. And that's why we're here, folks. Yes. Um, we thought we would fish through the ass ton of music that came out in 2020 and pick the ones that we felt were worthy of some praise. Uh, but before we get into that, do we have opinions on this year's Grammy noms, the people that actually got nominated? I have I have one opinion. A singular opinion. A singular opinion. <laughs> Megan Thee Stallion better win fucking everything that she's nominated for because she fucking uh, deserves it. She worked her ass off last year. That's my favorite okay? judge on Legendary. That girl has done everything and she's yeah. gotten in with the right people and she is she is being stand by the right people and I am here for her and I want her to win it all. I want her and to sweep. That's a term I haven't heard in a while, stand. <laughs> Stan. I yeah. stand with her. I stand her. I love <laughs> her. I love. And also, she is real. I follow her on Instagram. I follow her on everything, right? And she is like. She's great. She really she's is. She's very cool. And she's very. um, Like, she hypes people up. Like, she is a very, like, a Lizzo sort of vibe. <laughs> but in the rap game. And it's just very cool. Like, she's a very cool person. She just deserves it. You know, speaking of Lizzo, I think my absolute favorite thing about following Lizzo on Instagram is her and SZA's relationship. Uh. <laughs> They're so marvelous together. I love the both of them. They just did some photo shoot or something together, and it's just like the two best friends that anybody could have. <laughs> That's adorable. They're precious. Uh, Megan The Stallion is up for Best New Artist this year, which seems impossible because she's been around for a minute. But also, um, I'm really excited. Well, Phoebe Bridgers is obviously out for Best New Artist. We have opinions about that. Um, <laughs> but also, Chica. Um, oh, yeah. I think you showed me the, yes. uh, her Tiny Desk I concert. hope she wins it, because, I mean... She's great. She's hilarious. You, have you... Melissa, mm -hmm. have you... Oh, man. Uh, Chica is great. She's a rapper slash singer. Um, uh, man. She's great. I I don't really know the best way to describe her, but she's just great. She's great. She's she's cute. She's like twenty two or twenty three. She is young yeah. as hell. Yeah. Um. But killing it, killing it. And she, it's like she's really she just kind of effortlessly flows between rapping and singing. Yeah. Like, mm, it's so cool. It's fabulous. All right. Well, uh, let's get started with uh, the least prestigious award show around. <laughs> The anti-Grammys, our first annual. All right, so I'll be the first category, obviously. And my nominations for best album of 2020 are this. Carolyn Rose for Superstar. Moses Sumney for Grey. Shamir for Shamir. And Perfume Genius set my heart on fire immediately. Um such a good album oh my God. yes yeah. truly That's such a good album um we're sort of going by the the grammy rules so these uh came out um and they like should be eligible for grammys but for one reason or another did not get nominated um and i want to talk about perfume genius first all right um set my heart on fire first of all i have some qualms because the album starts the first lyric is 
Half of my whole life is gone. And I feel attacked. Granted, he is so much older than I am, but like, excuse me. And I say so much. He's 39. He's not that much older than me. But but half his the whole average life lifespan in the United States just dropped to 77 years old. So I'm almost there. And I'm only 32. I don't need a song about it. I mean, sorry. Mike Adreas. I feel like it's more of like a whole album about it rather than <laughs> just the song. It is. <laughs> well, the, yeah. The album is about that and about like <sighs> the tongue pops are back again. Okay. Also, yep. I don't do those very well very often. So it is on record. <laughs> it's down for posterity. Hey. Melissa can, can tongue pop. Um, yeah, this this particular album, there he goes, adjusting the volume. Always. This is for me because I'm always just so... It's so quiet. So quiet. You're just so quiet. You just got to project. I um, feel like I am. <laughs> as he speaks quieter. I mean, like, yeah. So this album, Perfume Geniuses, set my heart on fire immediately. It checks all of the Perfume Genius boxes, I think. Um, He's uh, got a signature, like, weak but piercing voice. Um, there's some growling synthesizers that sounds like something out of a nightmare. There are some strange otherworldly songs. Um, and I'm sure there's some yodeling in there. That's happening. Um, not to mention this whole album is kind of about um, the body. Like in all of his albums are kind of about like living in, um, living in your body and like be becoming aware and like accepting your body. Yeah. Anyway. Um, his first two albums were uh, Learning and Put Your Back Into It, and those were kind of piano-heavy, right? So they were not as, not as crazy as all this, but uh, when Too Bright came out, um, he, he found a producer, somebody, to make his songs a lot dirtier um, and a lot, a lot more crazy, a lot more nightmarish. And he, in no shape, he kind of brought the strings in and kind of made it a little lighter. And I think this album is kind of a marriage of all of that. Um, and I think that's why people are calling it a masterpiece. Um, the highlights include Without You, Describe, Your Body Changes Everything. Those are, if, if you just want to like breeze through this album, those are the, those are the ones that hit, to hit. Um, and one of the stranger tunes, I think, uh, is Moonbend. And I think that that is a quintessential Perfume Genius song, I think. It's just his signature sound, his signature weirdness. Um, yeah. And though people say it's his masterpiece, I don't know if I would go so far as to say all that. Um, I think it's probably his best work to date. But, like, I just think Too Bright was perfect in all regards, like the sound, the concept, it was well-rounded. It was a complete story. There was a resolution at the end. I just think it was great. But that album deserves a nomination for album of the year. Um, I also wanted to highlight some people that were on this album. Phoebe Bridgers was uh, on this album. She sings in On the Floor. She sings backing tracks. Um, Pino Palladino um, is a bassist. Um, like a, a, a session musician, bassist. Um, and he's worked with people like The Who, Gary Newman, Nine Inch Nails, D'Angelo. He's got a resume. Um, and Blake Mills, who was a session musician and a producer for this album, he's worked with Weezer, The Avid Brothers, Nora Jones, The Chicks, Pink. Who is that? 
Lana Del Rey and Wolfpack. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, I can't read my own writing. I have to look at my notes. Um, but yeah, there were a lot of great people that um, handled this album, and it just came out beautifully, but did not win my album of the year. So moving right along. Um, Caroline Rose uh, dropped her fourth album in 2020, and it was called Superstar. Um, her first two albums kind of was like a, a Nico Case country alternative rockabilly situation, and it was great. But then Loner came out in, I don't know, 2018, 2019. This is the one with Genie Becomes a Mom. No relation to this genie, but <laughs> I do think you showed me that song. I did, yeah. Yeah, you introduced me I to I heard Caroline it on Rose. the radio. The Buzz loved it, didn't they? Yes. They loved it. It was a groovy little song, though. And honestly, I love it, too. And such a wild change of pace from, like, the, the first two albums. Um, but so good. And a lot of weirdness on that album that oh, I yeah. really, really adored. Um, I played it at work the other day. Loner. <laughs> so good. Uh, Money, I think, is my favorite track on that album. It's good. Um, and she kind of tones down the weirdness for this one for superstar um but it's a concept album for like it's basically how what am i trying to say something it's a concept for like her sudden fame from loner coming out you know and she um yeah pulled from that experience and put it onto this record what's interesting about this record is that every song was recorded in order so she wrote it and recorded it in order um so Feel the Way I Want is the lead single of this, tra of this, this what I'm talking about, record. Um, and that's all fine and dandy, but really, um, the tracks you need to listen to are Nothing's Impossible, Do You Think Will Last Forever, and Freak Like Me, all right? Especially Freak Like Me. If you're a chill hop fan, you will love Freak Like Me. Um, because I uh, am, and I did. Um, and it was great. Um, but it did not win my album of the year. So moving right along. Now, Shamir is a 26-year-old... Um, the, the genre of music cannot be described um, because he goes literally all over the place. He signed with a record label right out of high school, right? He formed a punk band when he was 16. Signed a label right out of high school. Um, he got into contact with somebody in... California and hooked up with him and eventually signed with XL Records. If you know Shamir, you know the single On the Regular. Um, and it's, I don't know how else to describe it, very gay dance club. <sighs> All right, that's the vibe. He toured with um, Troy Sivan in years and years. Ollie Alexander. Yeah, yeah. Yes. From uh, uh, it's, a sin. it's a Sin. If you haven't watched it, watch that. Anyway, <laughs> he toured with those guys. So it was a very gay show. Um, but he eventually, uh, broke with his, uh, that record label and broke with his management team, um, and had like a psychotic break, was hospitalized, with the, diagnosed with bipolar disorder, and ever since has been self-releasing albums. And I tell you what, they are amazing, especially this self-titled one, Shamir. Um, it's technically, it was released after... It's eligibility, like so it could be nominated for a Grammy next year, but I highly doubt it. Um he released two other albums this year. It was like I had a, go break his own Listen. Right? Oh, yeah. Did he I'm set sorry. these damn rules? I did. 
But he came out. Uh, no, no, uh, no. I stand by it. Um, he came out with. Uh, two we albums make our this own year. rules here on Get Into the Groove. Exactly. <laughs> he came out with two albums this year. One was Cataclysm, and the other one was like, "Be the Ye, Here Comes the Ha." <laughs> I can't believe you said that with a straight face. <laughs> <laughs> because I had to like the most try. impressed. Um, but Shamir is the album. That's the one you have to listen to. Um, if you're going to listen to only a few songs from it, you got to listen to Paranoia. It takes me right back to high school. It's pop. It's punky. It, I love it. Um, other Side is this sort of weird Johnny Cash that belongs in a spaghetti western movie. Uh, pretty When I'm Sad. I got to read these lyrics because they're so simple, but I love it. Because you're pretty when you're mad, and I'm pretty when I'm sad. So let's fuck around inside each other's heads. <laughs> love it. Um... And uh, Diet. Yeah, those are the songs you need to listen to. If you are a uh, vocal coach or somebody who likes to sing pretty, um, steer clear from the last track. It's called In This Hole because um, your ears, they will bleed. He does not try. There's a lot of screaming and a lot of wailing. I'm not. (laughs) Does it make you feel some type of way? All I was reading on your face was, Melissa, do not listen to this song. That's I kind all of, I was reading on your face. I kind of want you to listen to it just okay. to see you um, writhe in pain. But it's, it's, it's visceral. It's gorgeous. Okay. Oh. Okay. And listen to the whole album because he's actually good. He's a countertenor, all right? Okay. Yes. Um, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, so it's very otherworldly and yeah. delicious. Yeah. Um, but as good as that album was, still did not win my album of the year. <laughs> I just, for, since you guys uh, listening can't see it, he's just throwing his cards that he's reading off of onto the floor onto in a floor. dramatic fashion. I like to make a mess. With his drink. Yeah. Clink, clink, clink. The winner <laughs> of my 2020 album of the year goes to Moses Sumney for his second album, Grey. It's a second studio album. It is a double album, so he released two discs in the year 2020. A lot of twos going on. Um, and the whole album is basically dealing with like the duality of him himself. Like he's he's both feminine, he's masculine. Um, he uh, calls himself by bi, not biculturally. I have it written down somewhere. By by nationally. Yes, binational, excuse me. Um, yeah, this man, he's worked with, he's open for the Dirty Projectors, St. Vincent, local natives. He's worked with Beck. He's worked with Thundercat. On this album alone, Thundercat, James Blake, Jill Scott, Ezra Miller, and Ian Chang, who's the drummer of St. Sunlux, if anybody knows who that is. Um, I do. Um, <laughs> they all contributed something to this album, um, and it is vast, and it is gorgeous okay i'm gonna take you a little bit through it um there's a lot of a lot of um spoken word interludes throughout right and the first one it's opening is called insula right and it's um some experimental music and then you hear uh, isolation comes from insula which means island just that over and over again um and then it goes right into cut me which is like if you know moses somni is kind of familiar it's jazzy it's soulful um it's good. 
he um, calls it his tribute to Aretha Franklin, um, and he wanted to show off his vocal range, and bitch, he does. He goes all the way to the ground and all the way to the sky. Like, it is insane. It makes no sense. Um, but it is delicious. Um, yeah, and the whole, this lyric um, is from Cut Me. Uh, when I'm weary and so worn out, when my mind's clouded and filled with doubt, that's when I feel most alive. Masochistic kisses are how I thrive. So this like opening number, he's asking the listener to abuse him a little bit because, or, or to, to hurt him. Um, yeah, yeah, it's very like, oh my God. Um, and then the, the, the following songs are kind of like him talking about um, being masculine and being feminine and how that, um, I'm not the guy for that. I'm not the one to like fit into your masculine stereotypes or to fit into your feminine stereotypes because I'm both, I, I, I'm fluid, I go in between. Um, and the songs are really like, really harsh, really not most insomnia at all. I feel like when people put on that first album, it's like, it's kind of soothing. A little bit. Um, Let me ask. Ask me. One of the tracks, because uh, you were playing a little bit of this album earlier today. Yes. I think the 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 one that you told me to like stop and listen to about his um, um, what was the word he used? His multiplicity. Multiplicity. Yes. Um, yeah, that was a really interesting poem. I, the first part of the poem, definitely defined me as him, kind of like describing his masculinity basically it mm-hmm. seemed to refer to him being a man because he was talking about like i know my multiplicity or something do you do you know the words that- i i have it written down um because i when i first heard it i sent it to you actually and you text me one word back with a period it said whoa um yeah the the song that goes before it is called color and it's kind of um his whole concept for this album is playing in the gray area and like this sort of mundane in between. He wants to like splash some color into it. And um, that song kind of leads into this um, spoken word interlude called also, 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 and, 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 Um, and it goes a little something like this. Um, I really do insist that others recognize my inherent multiplicity. Mm. What I no longer do is partake uh, is take pains to explain it or defend it. That is an exhausting, repetitive, and draining project to constantly explain and defend one's multiplicity. So I have reached a point where I am aware of my inherent multiplicity, and anyone wishing to meaningfully engage with me or my work must be too. It's, it gives me goose pimples because that, like, paired with what's going on um, musically, sonically, yeah. is haunting mesmerizing and like the I, I can't remember the woman's name who's like reading the poem because i think she actually wrote the words um but was it just her speaking it no the, okay no um there are actually three people in this um this particular interlude ezra miller is one of them um but uh moses sumney like comes in and sort of like so you hear a feminine voice and then just like out of nowhere like a masculine voice comes in just to like reiterate what the feminine voice is saying Mm. um and and it kind of like goes in between that it's amazing it's so shape-shifty um and then it leads into i don't know it leads into something else but it, (laughs) it, it fucking works it works um yeah um 
And this whole album is kind of like, or his whole career really is, he says it's like put, he's, his career is like his story and that's what you get from the albums. Like he explained it in a way that was like, um, you know, you as an artist, you want to be polished before you're like, before you come out to people or before you like show yourself to people. When you like, when the curtains drop back, you say like, here I am. It's the complete work. But because of like his trajectory, um, he was unable to do that. So he just kind of, um, what do I want to say? Like accepted the fact that um, his arc was going to be like out in the open. Like he was just going to be seen by everybody in his like, I don't know. He started out uh, like in LA, like trying to win over some record labels and, you know, they were interested. He got like a bunch of offers, but um, he turned them all down because they were trying to like pigeonhole him into like being an R and B artist because he was black. Um, and he was like, no, 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 I'm not really that. I'm kind of like in the experimental, I'm kind of soul. I'm kind of in the more adjectives he added onto it. People understood less and less. So he left the LA scene and went to, Asheville, North Carolina, and that's where he is based. This is going to tie in really well to one of my uh, album picks. This whole the, theme? Well, that point right there that, like, he didn't want to be pigeonholed as a R&B artist. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm very excited. Yeah. Um, you know, I got way off track with my little cards here, but <laughs> I hope the point comes across that this album is... Tremendous. Um, yeah, and because it's two discs, like the first half is very um, experimental, crazy, um, dirty, um, visceral. And the second half is more like what I think what people are used to hearing from Moses Sumney. Um, specifically, Bystander. If you know Moses Sumney, you know the song Doomed. Um, and Bystander is like doomed 2.0, but it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. In summation, Moses Sumney, Gray, wins my pick of 2020 album of the year. And that's that on that. Just, on God, I'm period. Just, on God, I'm period. Calvin know about this? Uh, he's gonna, <laughs> if he doesn't already. We might have some words. Maybe I'm willing so. to defend. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. that's me representing the gays. Yeah, the, hey. the little bit of that album that you played, um, I enjoyed it. Um, and I, I have listened to the whole Perfume, Gen Perfume Genius album by this point. And uh, yeah. I, I also don't know about calling it a masterpiece, but it is pretty damn good. It's, it's so good. It's amazing. It's not, if it's not a masterpiece, it's not too far off yeah. i i just like that it's so it is definite growth you know like yeah. he exactly. doesn't yeah. he, he hasn't found a groove that he just sits in um and it's interesting to hear how those have like pushed out like little tendrils finding different forms of light yeah. mm -hmm. um that was a cool album to hear because i loved too bright like hands down i was like that thing's amazing like but this one is like it's just as impressive yeah but in a very different way Yeah. Yeah. That being said, Moses, somebody still got it for me. I did like that Shamir album too. It's so fun. Yeah. So that's me. Melissa, what'd you listen to in 2020? From 2020. 
well, until recently, nothing, apparently. <laughs> hey, listen, I was pretty much the same way, so. Uh, <laughs> it's like, it was overwhelming. It feels like there were people just releasing mm-hmm. things constantly, and it's like, you well, really like, that's the, the only way that I ever kept up with any sort of like uh, recent music is if I happened to turn on the radio in my vehicle. But 2020 was the year that I stopped commuting to work and stopped driving. Mm. So how are you going to discover anything? If it didn't pop up on a playlist, I don't know nothing about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, uh, the experience I had was that I actually listened to quite a bit of new stuff, but it was not... 2020 stuff it was all even just a year you know 2019 Mm -hmm. so it didn't make the cut and so i had to like specifically seek out things from 2020 and i found out there were like you know some good things but there was man it was just hard for me to pay attention to anything like yeah so what did you find well i'll i'll uh Base mine around your your yours. Okay, so I guess uh, I'll start with the most controversial one that everyone got in the news was After Hours by the Weekend. Tell me about it. Well, well, actually, hold on. Give me I your list the of four, noms. right? Give okay, so my noms are After Hours by the Weekend, Champion by Bishop Briggs, oh, yeah. Sides by Emily King, and Limbo by Anime. Right. Anime, anime. Amine. 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 Yeah. Thank you. I oh I say I say it different every single time it comes out of my mouth. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Uh, <laughs> Back to the weekend. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay, so it was a lot more. Okay, I'm a weekend fan anyway because he. <laughs> this is people are not gonna like this opinion, but when I first heard the weekend, I said, um, "What Jackson brother had you?" <laughs> Because he really, I mean, he is a he is a phenomenal singer, phenomenal, right? And I, I think he's fantastic anyway. But this, but he's always very, um, he's always been very mainstream, and it's very, you know, poppy R and B on the radio sort of thing. And this album hit me a lot more art it, artistically. It was a lot more. I felt like a lot of thought went into it, but I also felt like it was a weird throwback to like 80s dance music yeah i agree with that for sure um in particular blinding lights okay in particular blinding lights i mean it's (laughs) it sounds like take it starts it's when it starts it sounds like take on me by aha yep immediately you are immediately in that mindset and it does not fail through the whole thing but it's but it's not that song obviously i'm glad i'm not not i'm glad i'm not the only person who thought that because i definitely have had that exact thought yeah like it feels like it feels like an old album but it just came out yesterday sort of thing yeah um but it's very well done it's very well done and i think that he at least deserved to have been nominated for something like i i get you know, you get to see everyone from halftime show or whatever. Also, he murdered the halftime show, so the Grammys can. Well, and as I pointed out to you in a conversation Second. we were having, he's the number one artist on Spotify yeah. right now. So it's not like nobody's listening to him. Right. You know? I mean, no. <laughs> Which just. <clears throat> I'm not a Grammy lover anyway, but that's just me. Didn't but he... it just speaks to the fact that. Didn't I what? Didn't. No, I was just oh. saying, didn't he win a Grammy previously? He's won three. Okay. Yes. He's fine. No, he's fine. He's fine. Absolutely. <laughs> but it also just, in this day and age, speaks to how award shows don't 
dictate what is actually popular. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but they just don't anymore. Like, it, it's almost outdated at this point because you can throw everything online and everyone's got access to everything. Well, I'd say, so Calvin and I were talking about the Grammys recently and, and it's industry professionals who do the voting, right? Yes. So like, while I don't 100% agree with Calvin, I think that is the whole thing is that it is your peers that are voting for you. So like there is still some degree of, you know, honor or whatever you want to call it with it. But I, I mean, yeah, I, it's not my favorite thing in the world either. But. No, as far as the people go is what I'm saying. Yes, like, yeah, yeah. Like I'm, you know, and I'm not, not to say the music industry is, is shady. <laughs> Not that it's not shady. I'm sure it has very shady parts. Yeah. But there's also politics in everything. So yeah, yeah. it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's sure it's peer reviewed, but right, um, we've right. all been in that situation where the most popular kid in class didn't get voted for the thing and everyone's shocked. So that, that happened just because everybody's <laughs> mad about one little thing or somebody decided to blackball them. That's just what happens. And in that industry, I wouldn't be surprised if something like that could have happened. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. So. To me, as far as the GQ public goes, it has nothing to do with what's actually popular. Yeah. Award shows. By the way, who the f*** has cable to watch them anymore? <laughs> question, question. Time. They're only it's, six and they're hours on long. Sunday night and they don't start until like 7 p.m. Central. Like, but what? <sighs> anyway, sorry. That was the whole rant. I didn't mean to go on. <sighs> um, but if you're going to listen to two on that, I, I picked two songs from each, each album to be like, this is what you need to listen to. Um, hardest to love and blinding lights. Hardest, yeah. to, oh, hardest to love. You pointed that out to me. Oh, so yeah. You said, "Oh, that was kind of heartbreaking." Like, yeah, it is. Because he, he, I forget what the exact line is, but he, it's basically like, "Thank you for loving me, even though it's so hard to yep. love." Kind of a, a kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. I'm sure I butchered del the delivery, but yeah. it's just so, it's very good, and it's, and the album's very grown up. Mm. Yeah, and I'll I'll say as someone who's not like a weekend fan. It's not bad. It's it's got some, some good stuff in there. It really does. I, and if nothing else, there are a few moments of really great songwriting from a pop songwriter, which for sure does not happen very often, in my opinion. Yes. So. Yes. Um. Uh, the second album I want to talk about is uh, "Champion" by Bishop Bishop Briggs. Yeah. Listen, y'all. If you haven't heard Bishop Briggs, you need to hear Bishop Briggs right now today yesterday all day long um she reminds me a little bit she's reminds me a little bit of like jesse J in a way okay that's a positive not necessarily <laughs> her voice but her delivery like her songs are very uh i don't know em empowering and um the lyrics are the songwriting's amazing okay on this whole album the song rain's amazing um but it's it's all very introspective this album's very introspective and but to me for me it was the songwriting that got me on this album like the lyrics just and her delivery oh my god her delivery she is a pro um but if you're gonna listen to two you need to listen to champion the title track okay okay it's gonna make you feel like you are um on top of the world literally for <laughs> real for real um it's a bye bitch and then Jekyll and Hyde. Jekyll and Hyde is so well written. And it's it's just it's just about the juxtaposition within yourself, which is really what the whole album's about. It's kind of like you being down in yourself and then you realizing, no, I'm kind of a bad bitch, and then but you're not. Like you're it's it's that it's that whole inner fight. The whole yeah. album's kind of like that. Right. Okay. Which I just love. Um 
And then Sides by Emily King. I, now, I'm an Emily King fan anyway. Y'all, this she's 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 like an R&B artist and she's got some really great stuff out. But this album is like a basically a conglomeration of a whole bunch of her not old songs, but like her most recent songs on an acoustic album. But she rearranged everything. So like you don't even know it's that song till you're almost to the chorus of that song. And I was blown away because I've been listening to a lot of Emily King recently and like Every single time I was like, what? This is this? This is so good. <laughs> like, it just felt like a whole new album with songs she's already done, which just like blew my mind. Because it's like, you can do an acoustic cover, that's fine. But to make it sound like a whole different song yeah. and yet have the exact same appeal of the original songs blows me away. Also, her songwriting is amazing. Um, but if you're going to listen to two, oh, she's kind of a Sarah Bareilles vibe. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like we have too little of right now. Fair. Fair. Okay. Sorry, but we do. Um, Melissa, watch your, your mic because you're like kind of. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm trying not to have it right here is what I'm trying not to do. <laughs> uh, Honestly, you, you probably could, could go a little bit closer. Oh, yeah. perfect. Okay, yeah. great. Because this is where I just want to hold it. Um, there you go. If you're going to listen to two songs, though, you need to listen to Look at Me Now. Which <laughs> it starts off kind of in a heartbreaking way. It's kind of that moan when you're like walking away from a situation and then you realize there's like a, a switch that flips and you realize you're in such a better situation and the song flips and you realize like, I mean, you're just in it like all the way through. I was like dancing in the shower. I was dancing, getting dressed. Like it just gets you right into your soul and just makes you feel really, really good. And it's and it's actually really all about the writing. Like the beat's good and whatever, but the lyrics bitch. <laughs> and then distance. Oh my god, you guys! I don't, I can't tell you how much I love the song. I cannot tell you how much I love the song. Anyway, I love the original, but the acoustic version is so much better. This version is so much better. This entire song, though, is about something that I've never heard anybody actually sing about. The whole song is about. Like taking time to find yourself, taking time to be who you are, taking time to like love yourself makes our love better. Uh, Not necessarily a breakup song. Right. Um. Oh my gosh. It is so, I've never heard anything like it. And it's not in a, it's not a breakup song. It's not a makeup song. It's literally a, this is how we love each other. Like this is how we keep our love strong is by being apart. Like it's about, I know that you're right here at all times. And that's, that's all I need to know. But I am able to be who I am. I am make my own decisions. You're making your own decisions and we're able to come. Oh my God. It's so good. It is so good. And it should be the anthem for everybody, (laughs) everybody. But I've never heard, I've never heard a song written like it. Like I've never heard anything about that, that kind of topic because everyone's like, well, we gotta be on, fuck that. <laughs> Y'all know how I feel about it anyway. <laughs> but Melissa, it's, our, it's just bomb. Our gentlest team member, <laughs> Melissa williams I'm an angel, y'all. What are you talking about? Um, still not my winner, though. Um, but my number one. And the winner is. Is Amine. Mm. With Limbo. Mm. Let me say, let me say directly, Mm -hmm. 
Kendrick Lamar, if you are not proud, you can go straight to hell. Oh, those are words. Those this are words. album was insanely surprising. Dumbo. Um, the entire album from start to finish is like having a conversation with your best friend. It is. It goes from very light subject matter, and then all of a sudden, you are into things like interracial relationships. And oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> Whenever you feel like calling on me, I will keep my hand up forever. <laughs> well, okay. First of all, we're gonna start before we get that to that to that particular song because it is far down in the album. But let's start with the other two that I just want to talk about real fast. Fine. Kobe. Oh. Did you listen to Kobe? Yeah, I've listened to the whole thing. Oh my thing. God. Yes. I loved Kobe because I felt like Kobe was the moment the album turned. I felt like Kobe was the moment that we turned, we turned from turning up to like, let's let, look, now we're having a serious conversation. We're talking about like real life and what we're really going through. And like, it's, it's a very, um, it speaks to the, it speaks to looking back and realizing what's happened to you to make you get to where you, you are now. Like you're aware of it, but you're speaking it out loud. Like that's what this whole album feels like. But that's the that was the turning like song for me. Very well done. Um, and then burden, because burden burden kills me because burden is a turn up song. It is turn up. Like it even starts out saying, "This is the fucking song you you go pick up your dude from the." penitentiary on or whatever and it's like yay right and we're like lit up we're lit up we're lit up we're lit up and then we're like oh no oh wait a minute <laughs> we talking about some real shit like the whole album is like that yeah. it's just so it's so well done but the song the song that should be best song of the song of the year is becky Let me tell you, I saw that. I saw it on the song list because this is a rather long album. It's like 15 songs. It's, it's pretty big. It's pretty long. And it, this one's near the bottom, right? And it's just as Becky. And I thought, that's going to be a, like an ass shaking, you know, Becky with the good hair sort of song. No. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. The whole thing is about interracial, an interracial relationship from the black man's perspective. Oh. And the naivety of his white partner. Oh. And him realizing he has to leave the situation because she is not understanding the scope of what's actually going on. Damn. And I, it stopped me in my fucking tracks. <laughs> like, wow. Yes, Brandon. <laughs> the track before that is entitled Mama, and it is a cute album or a cute track talking about uh, who he does this for. He, he does this for his mama, mm -hmm. and it is loving. And Do it then. For my mama. And then the mama told me line, not to bring a white girl home. That's the opening line of the next song. So it's like, oh, your love is unconditional, but her is absolutely, absolutely as not. Yeah. No, mm -hmm. and then that's such a real thing. I mean, it's such a real thing. But I mean, they he goes into a lot of detail that are things that I I don't as a biracial child, I don't hear talked about a lot. I hear I've heard I heard my dad talk about it a lot. I knew that perspective, but I've never heard it in a song. I've never heard anybody talk about it really out in public like that. Yeah. And especially from the perspective of them not getting it. Because that does happen. That that absolutely happens. And where she's just fully unaware of why this is a problem and her family is having issues with it and everybody's giving them crap about it. And she's just like, it's fine. We love each other. And he's like, no, bitch, this is not how this works. 
like, I'm sorry, do not see this. It is, it's a perfect song. Sounds like a good one. It is so, the whole album's so good. And then we turn it back up. <laughs> it's just, it, but I was telling Brandon earlier because I came over and I was like, hey, and he's like, yeah, I listened to the whole thing. The whole album is kind of like getting into a car at nighttime with your best friend, lighting up a blunt, <laughs> taking off, having a good time, and then you get into a really serious conversation. Mm-hmm. And then you just keep talking about it. And it's just, it's very, the whole album it flows that way. Like, it flows like a conversation. Like, it's all very natural, and it doesn't yeah. feel, like, every song feels like it should be where, exactly where it is on like that album. Like, he's talking about this, but this reminds him of this. Yes, like, yeah. yeah, like, it all goes together just like a conversation. And it just, it got me. It really got me. That album is so good. It was better than The Weeknd's. I, I hate that the, the, he's, they, he put out three singles and two of them, one of them was Shimmy. And I just thought he put out the weakest shit as his singles. Mm. I'm like, well, that's why, like, I don't know. You have to bring them in to yes. the good stuff. I don't know. But anyway, that's, that was my winner though. That right. was my winter. Yeah. There was some snaps. Yeah. Yeah. So is it on a me now? Is, is that? Yeah. What'd you find this year? Oh, this last year? well, you know, not unlike Melissa, I um, didn't really listen to a lot of things that came out in 2020. Um, I was just too distracted. <laughs> I, I don't know what about. But... I don't know what was going on that year. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm not going to say mine first. I'm just going to talk about them individually and then. Leave right. us, leave us in suspense. Leave you in suspense. So I, um, well, that's what I was gonna do. He stopped me. Sorry. Well, rebel. I can tell you his nominations. No, the nominees are all right. So uh, I picked a few. Um, I had some trouble because, like, there was one I knew for sure was gonna be one of my four choices, um, and then the other three I kind of. There was, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that came out in 2020, and there's a lot of good stuff that came out in 2020. So, yeah. first one though um, is White Reapers. You deserve love. Oh, um, which I mainly talked about them because they're one of the two uh, bands that I saw live before uh, COVID happened. So they kind of <laughs> get a little bump, I guess. <laughs> but uh, I think the thing I just love about White Reaper beyond just this album because um, it's a great album and the songs are catchy. And it's like just good old fashioned rock and roll, but it sounds new and modern. And that's just not something that you get a lot of days. I feel like the rock scene that's like more widespread nowadays, like mainstream stuff is just like, it's ho-hum. I don't know. Like as much as I love the Foo Fighters, like I've heard the same Foo Fighters songs like millions of times, you know, no offense, Dave. I love you. But, um, <laughs> yeah, like why is he so good? Side note, why is he so good? But they are just so average. I question. <laughs> anyway, so um It remains a mystery. Yeah, so White Reaper, we uh myself, Brandon, and Miss Jeannie 
all saw White Reaper at the Truman here in Kansas City. I was there. Yes. <laughs> it was one of, I think, two shows I went to yeah. in 2020. It was a wonderful show. I think my favorite thing about it is after they finished their show, the crowd was like raving for an encore and they came back out and they're like, well, we were not expecting to play an encore, so we do not really have anything prepared. <laughs> These dudes pulled like the first quarter of as many pop punk songs as they could think of. They played uh, the sweater song. <laughs> they played, there was a Blink-182 tune in there. Um, I can't even remember what all they played, but it was like so disorganized and hectic and they were just laughing their asses <laughs> off the whole time. But the crowd was, the crowd ate it up. It was great. It was such a good show. And he they were just, loves White Reaper. they were just so like, you could tell they were so humbled by the reception. And I, I genuinely, I mean, they've been a band for a while. This is, I think their third or fourth studio album, but man, they're just good. They, um, they're just a good modern American rock band. That's not like trying to be hip and cool. They're just writing great songs. I kind of like, I don't want to, you know, easy to listen to. Yeah. I, I relate them to almost like a modern day Ramones kind of type of thing. They don't sound anything like the Ramones. I don't think, but like just that raw, energy it's it's there and it's awesome but they did not win um and i and i can't even really point out a specific track because it's they're all great and that's kind of how i feel about all these albums saturday is a really good track yeah (laughs) saturday and i liked um headwind uh which is the very first track Mm -hmm. um i thought he was saying i was a headwind and i was like no game changer but yeah so um the next one is the other band that I saw live uh, here in Kansas City yet again, uh, good old Corey Wong. So Corey Wong actually was nominated for a Grammy this year, but it was for an album that he did with John Batiste, who also uh, loved John Batiste so much. Right and now. actually, you know, I got a text like a month ago from Melissa that all it basically said was, I don't know about this John Batiste character. <laughs> It's not about him. <laughs> What's it about? <laughs> but the the thing is, though, it's now been a month, and I still have not no gotten any <laughs> elaboration on why <laughs> we have to question John Batiste. We're calling you out right here, right now, but on the air. Because he's on uh, Stephen Colbert. Right? Yeah, yeah. Is that is that the is reason? that the problem? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm trying to think of how I, I get. The problem is that I don't know how to word what I want to say without you, sounding so You basically, rude. I think what you have basically kind of hinted at is that he's just kind of corny and like cheesy, which I get it, but like, that's what I love about him. So, I mean, you know, it, uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's just, we're going to. I know how to say it. I know how to say it. Huh. Okay. What? There is something about the dynamic of him on this, particularly on the Stephen Colbert show, uh-huh. that reminds me of Sammy Davis Jr. in the Rat Pack <laughs> being the fucking monkey. Now, listen, I don't think that's at Yikes. all the relationship that him and I'm Stephen Colbert I'm fully have. sure that that's not the relationship that they have because I have more faith in Stephen Colbert than yeah. that. However, that is not how it comes across. It is corny enough that it is infuriating to me. CBS. See, I don't... Some and I know it's nighttime television. I understand it's supposed to be corny. I understand maybe some white person back there says thinks it's cute and funny. That's fine. But there's just something about it that just 
pisses me all the I way genuinely off. don't think that I think that's just Steve, him. He's figure it kind, out. He's always like a little bit corny whenever I, like I no believe matter what it, he's and on. maybe it's just maybe it's just like the two things them to to get it, it just it puts me off every time. Like I have to skip. Well, like if I'm watching I don't know. one of his clips, I have to skip through that part. I can't. Like, and I love John <sighs> Baptiste. I know. I like. It, but just it just it it makes. I'm me, sorry that like, it bothers you because really I don't get that vibe at all. Mm. I don't get it at all. Be interesting. I think he acts like he does in every other thing I've seen him in. But anyway, that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> uh, Corey Wong. So Corey Wong released an album. Actually, Corey Wong released like four or five albums this year. Um, but the one that I want to talk about is the one that I saw him on tour for, um, which is Elevator Music for an Elevated Mood. Lord, this album. I mean, okay, so obviously if, you're, if you've heard Wolfpack, you're probably a fan of Corey Wong. He's their guitar player or was their guitar player. Um, but, man, it's just, it's just a, a pep. It just gets you, gets you stepping. <laughs> like... It's, I don't think I've ever seen you step. Oh, <laughs> all right then. But no, it's just really good. It's just very um like high energy, um, at least most of it. Um, high energy, but it's also like rooted in jazz and funk music. It's just a lot of I mean, it's just excellent musicianship, you know. Um But some of the highlights, I mean, obviously one of the singles off of it is um Golden, um, which is just like just like kind of like a big band number almost. Um, and one of my personal favorites is actually the track right after that, um, which is, um, oh, what is it called? It's like airplane something. <laughs> airplane mode. It's an instrumental, and there's a few instrumentals on this album. That's kind of the thing Corey Wong does. But, man, this show, when I saw them live, it is basically like an hour straight of him like dancing around the stage conducting the band and like nonstop like chicken picking guitar <laughs> just right oh man it's crazy it was so good and like yeah it's hard to explain but Corey wong um excellent and the album they did with john batiste is also excellent but it's more um kind of like a calm sophisticated jazz album isn't there a song did you mention this isn't there a song on elevated music or elevator music yeah on meditations i mean there's meditations yeah oh <laughs> oh um but yeah i mean i uh i don't think they're they're exactly the same from what i recall so i say all right um but yeah also did not win though cory wong is like amazing so i should listen to him then my third album was by I feel like an old fan favorite of, of everybody, Childish Gambino. So I actually did, I had no idea that he released an album in 2020. Um, I somehow completely missed it. But um, the, um, <laughs> Jeannie has thoughts about this. Jeannie's ready to speak. I also neglected to listen to it when it came out. So I only listened to it when you shared it in the like group chat the other yeah. day. I was like, <gasps> but the thing is, is, I love Childish Gambino. Yeah. I love everything he does. And yeah. so I've only listened through it once, but I was like, this is nice. It's really cool album. I, um, so I, the first thing that drew me in, I think for most people was, um, awaken my love. The, mm -hmm. and I think it's mostly 
if you put that album and Funkadelic's Maggot Brain right up next to each other, they're essentially the same album. Oh, yeah. He, well, he he straight up says, <laughs> yes, too, that yeah. he took from Funkadelic, yeah. which I feel like he took a lot of it from, like, into this album, but, like, similarly oh. expanded it. Oh, absolutely. Like, cracked it open. Yeah, and that's, that's why I like this album so much because, oh, my God, it is weird. It is a weird album. I mean, is. Gam- Gambino weird. is always, like, a little on the, the out there side. But like, there's always this like core of like pop appeal to it. I feel like that core is still there, but it has been like shape shifted. Yeah. He's like, I don't give so, a shit. You don't want to listen to it? That's fine. I think the main example is uh, Algorithm, which is um, one of the two tracks on the album that actually has like a name. Um, it's fucking weird. <laughs> His voice, he like raps in this like really low voice and his voice is like all modulated. And it's like, it sounds like a computer glitch. But it's like, rah, 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 like ugh, it's crazy. But then the chorus comes in and you're like, oh, this is, this is catchy. When did this happen? <laughs> and that's like every song. And yeah. th- it's crazy because the songs are all fairly long too. Um, like most of the first like three are like six and a half to seven minutes. It was like a 50 minute album, I think. Yeah. And I was like, mm-hmm. whoa, that's kind of like that borders on being long for an album. Yeah. I mean, nowadays for sure. Um, but yeah. Uh, so the other thing too, like I, I was kind of talking to Melissa about this. He presented this after he had said he was going to stop using the childish Gambino um, name. And he initially, this website just popped up that said Donald Glover presents and um, the website was up for like a day and then it just like disappeared. And then um, when he released 315 2020, um, it was uh, just a white album cover with nothing on it. And all the track names are just like the time that they start on the album. Um. So yeah, um, Algorithm is a great track. Um, there's also, I have to look up the number because uh, it's just a number, but it's like 47, 42, I think. Let me double check. 47, 48. Um, it's, I don't really even know how to explain that song, but it's just like, it's got some deep stuff going on. Um yeah, you just have to listen to it. It's he sounds like Prince. Yeah. It's very sign of the times to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very experimental, and yet I feel like it's a very successful experiment. Yeah. Um, Fucking nails it. Yeah. Really great. But my winner, my album of the year, my choice. Drum on, please. Because she is just one of my favorite artists around right now. Um, Leanne LeHavis is Leanne LeHavis. Oh my God. I love this album so much. So first of all, just to give some background, um, she released her last album in 2015 and also an incredibly stellar album. She hated it. She did not like it one bit. She felt that she was being pushed into being an R and B artist. I see. And she, it wasn't what she wanted to do. So she decided that the next album she was going to take complete control over it. She was going to produce it and, you know, write the songs, the whole shebang. And it ended up taking five years to do all of this. Damn. Yeah. Her last full length was in 2015. So, um, the first thing that they did, they did a performance of 
Weird Fishes, the Radiohead song. And she decided she felt so like overjoyed by how that song went, which it is like one of the peak songs on the on the album. Yeah. Um, but she was so pleased with that she felt like the rest of the album needed to have that same like feeling to it. And so this album is uh, heavily influenced by um, plant and flower life cycles. And the whole idea, she got into a relationship and um, then they went through a breakup and she started writing this album during the breakup, right? Um, But the whole idea of this album is to basically talk about a relationship as being a flower as it like blooms and then it dies and then blooms again. Um, And basically coming back from something stronger than you were before. And she draws on all sorts of influences. Um, she talks about like Nina Simone and um, David Bowie and a bunch of different artists and obviously Radiohead. Um, but my favorite tracks. Um, so she has this. Um, there's three songs in particular that are kind of like vignettes that are particular moments during um, some of her past relationships. And one of them is Bittersweet which um, I believe is also the first track on the album. Um, It's so good. It's basically talking about her um, kind of like blissfully falling in love with someone, but knowing that it's heading towards disaster. Mm. Um, So kind of like, you know, bittersweet. (laughs) Um, But some of my other ones don't really tie tie as much into the main theme. So like Weird Fishes, I think actually does... Um, represent the bottom of like the worst part of this relationship. Um, and I think that's part of why she ended up picking the song because it talks about basically, you know, all of these weird things that you, um, so the song itself is super cryptic. It's Radiohead, obviously, but I think she kind of finds a way to relate it to like f- kind of being at that bottom and just finally letting it kind of engulf you. But like, being reborn after that, you know? Um, so that's a great one. It's also like one of the few covers that I think is like just as good, if not better than the original. Uh, and then I also liked, uh, seven, seven times, um, which is, uh, got some like Latin hand drums and stuff on it and is inspired by, uh, Lauren Hill. Oh man, it's a jam. I mean, the the whole thing is basically kind of like Leanne LeHavis does like chill hop R and B, but it's really fucking good. <laughs> so, and it, I think my favorite thing too is that 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 last album she did, it seemed very much like she was going to be a mainstream R and B singer, and then she comes back with this album, and it's like I no, I'm not that at all. I'm like a completely unique alternative yeah. artist. Yeah. So that's my pick for album of the year. Leanne the Havis. Leanne the Havis. Fabulous. Miss Jean, did you, uh, was there anything good that came out in 2020? <laughs> there was. This is very complicated, too. <laughs> Why, Avril Lavigne? Uh, um, I listened to like a good amount of new stuff this year. It was a weird year musically, I feel like, <laughs> yes, for me. So. <laughs> I listened to, just all kinds of stuff. Um, and I listened to a lot of things that I was really impressed by. 
I also did I feel like I had to cram a little bit too before we sat down for this and like look into a couple of albums that I know I overlooked because like I'm very aware that I've missed some things that came out this year um also going last over here some of you have named some albums already that like were on my list and like <laughs> as we they were being submitted as like oh no like oh no <laughs> So I guess I'll figure out a few other things and do a little bit more digging too, um, which was great because then I just listened to even more stuff. Mm -hmm. So here it is. Um, this is this is mine, my list. Um, I think in the group chat I only sent like three of them. Mm -hmm. I didn't quite have a fourth one nailed down. So I'm only putting this one in its position, but I am putting Thundercats. It is what it is down. Mm. Did you listen to this, Colton? I yes, feel I like did. you had to have. This was like a, an honorable mention for me. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> so here's the thing. The problem with it and the reason why it sits where it's at for me is that um, it was one I only recently listened to. Mm -hmm. um, I think I knew Thundercat had put out the album and I was like, I should... I should listen to Thundercat. Like every time I hear his music, I'm like, this is so cool. And then I don't ever actually like listen to Thundercat. And so I, I don't know. I came across, I Dragon Ball do rag was the one that I like, I watched the video for it because that popped up and I was like, Thundercat's hilarious. Like I know yes. that much about him. So I was like, whatever, I'm going to watch it. It was funny. And then I don't, somehow I was like, Oh, that's off the album. And this was like, you know, like two weeks ago. So I've <laughs> listened to it a couple of times and that's the only reason it probably isn't higher is I haven't had a chance to sit down and yeah. like listen to this album as much as I would want to. However, it's a really good album. Um, I think my biggest hiccup that I had with it was like the first few times I listened through it as like the first handful of songs don't quite, lock in on like eventually like partway through the album it hits like this song cycle that like kicks in yeah so the first few songs are like a little bit weird to wade through but i also sat down and listened to it again and i was like i might be able to figure this out i think that has a lot to do with just thundercat being a musician <laughs> like, oh yeah because he's, he's any kind moment of a funny musician yeah any moment that he can like give the musicians a chance to flex their <laughs> capabilities. He's going to use it, especially yes. him being the crazy ass oh, bass yeah. player that he is. It's a good album. Um, I love his singing. I know that he's a bass player, but I love his singing. I like the lyrics that are in his songs. Yeah. Like he is both funny and also like weirdly out there, like very often. And then the music <laughs> backs it too. There are all these beautiful, like soaring synths and orchestral sounds. There's yeah. him just like, this bass is not going for a walk. It's not exactly a steady jog either. Like it is going and it is so good. It's an impressive album. And I think it could probably uh, move higher up on the list if I had sat with it more. However, I'm still impressed by it. Absolutely needs to be given a listen to. Um, and I will probably myself be digging through it a little bit more. Um, so I look forward to that. Um, another one, you know what? You broke a rule earlier. So my honorable mention <laughs> is a rule breaker that I hope it probably won't get nominated. Sorry to say, um, it was, uh, Aesop rocks, uh, spirit world field guide. And it came out in like November. It came out on my birthday. Um, <laughs> yes. and I, I like it popped up on my Spotify and I listened to it and it was a cool album. That's my, that's my 
That's my, what is it? Honorable mention. Honorable mention. Uh, Sorry. Since you, yeah. Are, are we actually going to do, because I, I have another one too, but I don't want to interrupt Jeannie's flow. That's okay. <laughs> no, um, I'll bring it up later. Okay. You go ahead. Yeah, that would be, you said honorable mention. <laughs> Agreeable with that. My honorable yeah. mention would be the Spirit World Field Guide, though. That is an interesting album. Um, anyways, number three that I put on my list um, I feel like I have reasons for why I picked my albums. It's not always because I think they're like the pinnacle of artistry, but sometimes for like fun, emotional, like moments too. When I love an emotional connection. the right way, you yeah. know, they that's, tapped into something. That's always why I wind up listening to albums. Like I am a person who is like an album will find me like organically. It's yeah. going to stick with me when I need it to stick with me. Yeah. Um, and and that's usually how it goes. So that's how most of these got picked. Um, this one I liked because I like Sylvan Esso. Like, and I haven't, I haven't even listened to, I mean, I haven't listened to that much of them, but like I do, I always catch the little bops and I like yeah. them. I love how simple and like stripped down, like the electronica that backs everything it is. Like yes. it is a very intimate, <laughs> I watched their tiny desk concert and like, it's the same exact thing people. as you get. I've, yeah. I've, yeah. It's two people. I've ended up liking them simply because they kind of strike me as uh, Matt and Kim. If they were like, if they did. Yeah. Bearable. <laughs> yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. I wish. What was the yeah. name of the, uh, uh, free love. Yes. Yeah. Oh, sorry. So just, the yeah. album, you got me right there for the, okay. So Sylvan Esso's album free love that came out this year. Um, is my number three is where we're at. Thank you for that prompt. Um, no, I, I just really liked it. It's a fun album. It's lightly introspective, but I don't feel like it ever gets too heavy, which I really appreciate. It's not a hard to wade through thing. It is intimate. It does stick to that. But even then, it's not like it never reaches a soul crushing level of any kind of introspection there's there's uh, one song i really just i want to mention it um and i'm just gonna make a noise until i find the uh, uh album um, is it but the, i really is wanted it the to mention fun it. dance song no it no? isn't it it actually dips into like a little the bit more of, serious yeah introspective um yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh this is why he's the oh, host it's everybody called, it's called free um hold on uh, we're gonna cut this out because <laughs> he can he can just fill space hold on People always ask me what it's like to love everybody. Um, and then uh, a little bit later, she says, um, like something like it's impossible to love everybody because it'll break me. Something like that. Oh. It's, it's, it's a little bit, it pulls in the heartstrings. Yeah. So free. Hmm. If you're going to listen, if you're going to, if you're in the fields and need to listen to something free, catch that. Oh, one. Free love. Listen to that. Pardon me. Continue. No, you're fine. Thank you for the contribution. Um, yeah, I, it was a fun, it's a short album. Mm-hmm. It's like 30 minutes yeah. tops. It's mostly like some fun yeah, dance bops. There's some good dance songs on it. There's some songs that might sound like dance songs, but maybe they're not as much of dance songs, but you could probably still dance to them. Listen, I'm here for the sad disco. All right. <laughs> That's my favorite genre of music. It's it's kind of, it's funny because it, it does sound like the kind of music you put on. It's your chill hop lo-fi 
hip-hop beats to study to while it's raining outside kind of thing. <laughs> it's, it's raining in Tokyo. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, this is what you put on. You're like, okay. I'm, I'm surprised that. Soft- I'm surprised that we didn't just have four chill hop albums for like album of the year. <laughs> I feel like the chill wave, like playlists on YouTube, just like skyrocketed. <laughs> Wasn't this the year that the chill hop, it stopped, didn't it? It's been like <gasps> streaming continuously and it, I it stopped. Oh, yeah, like a that's hiccup. right. It hiccuped. No, oh, no, no, it came okay, back, okay, but okay. it like, it stopped for like a brief, <laughs> like for long enough for people to notice. They're like, what happened to our chill hop? <laughs> I'm and not chill back. anymore. <laughs> well, we we were overloading the service. We're like, we need to chill now. <laughs> um, There's a demand. Yeah. Well, this one could, this one could stand in for you. You can put this one on oh, for man. some chill. I'll put that there with uh, Leanne LeHavis's <laughs> chill hop album. She yeah, just <laughs> up right next to each other. Um, okay. Um, I feel like my two, I love the dance tracks. I loved Ferris wheel and I loved, yeah. Um, the train. Yes, yes. Like yes. both of those were just that's a good song. I just want to dance. I just want to dance. I want it to be Makes summer. I also want to be out there in the summer heat. I always feel like with artists who are at least even like Ferris light wheel lights, <laughs> even like slightly electronica. I feel like you listen to them and you're like the whole album. You're like, give me the goods. Uh, uh, give me the dance track. Come on, come on. <laughs> Stop holding out on me. <laughs> Need that serotonin while I dance. <laughs> Um, back to it. My number two on the list was Jeff Rosenstock's No Dream. And I'm so excited about this album um, because I love listening to it. This is one of the few I didn't get to listen to. So I'm kind of curious to sell us. Oh, okay. Well, one, I'm a Jeff Rosenstock fan anyways. Very new Jeff Rosenstock fan, but I really am. Um just because I like what he does. It's, it's basically like kind of pop punk. It's similar in the vein of like a lot of the things that I like and like particularly lyrically, like it is a person who spends too much time in their head writing about the things that makes them anxious and like all of the weird blunders that they think that they're just fucking up through life. But like that's the inside of most people's heads. So, you know, um, and he, that's just like, that's what a lot of his writing style is like. And so it's this weird, I mean, it is a very loud thrashing kind of punk album backed by these lyrics where it is just like screaming into the void at times. Um, it's, but it's a fun album. It moves right along. Um, it opens with no time, which asks the question, did you become a person that you truly wanted to be? You know, You're like, nope, I didn't have the time to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did not become someone that I like. Can it, Jeff? Um, and then it just like keeps moving right along. Um, it definitely has its like political moment, like highlights, like, um, I don't know, Scram's a good one, which is just like, just to get like, get the fuck out of here. Like, you're really fucking stuff up. This sucks. Like, get the fuck out of here. Um, no Dream, also another like heavily political one. So there's a couple of good like political thrasher songs on there. Um, that one's a really good one cause it is a commentary of everything that we've like, I think that uh, part parts of the album were written before the pandemic. So oh. it's things that we used to be more concerned about, but now like, uh, things have shifted. Priorities um, have changed. Yes. Um, 
so it's I mean, it's kind of interesting to listen to that. You're like, oh yeah, that's right. Like mm-hmm. those those were things that we were worried about at one point in time. There's still things that we're worried about. But we also have a whole other pile of things that we're worried about too. So there's that. Um, anyways, really good. Those there's also some like really nice. He's a wife guy too. He's what? <laughs> he's basically a wife guy. I think you know, oh. like <laughs> essentially, he's like da da. <laughs> This is her. And look at my wife. Well, I mean, great. There are these beautiful songs that he sings for her on the album. You know, like there are these songs where he's like, sometimes I go out on touring and I love touring, but you know what I love most? Coming home to you. Oh. Um, which is like the really nice, like, so you have these like loud political thrashers, and then there are these really nice like songs that are like, this is a person that I love. And there's still like these great, like punk like songs, but it's like, this is the person that I love. And we're in a very, like, it's a very adult sounding relationship. (laughs) Like it's not stupid, dumb infatuation. These are two people working on taking care of each other. Really beautiful. Like it's really good songwriting. Is his sound and her sound. Are they like wildly different? Yes. (laughs) Fantastic. Yes. Oh, that's Um, no, it is a, it's a good one. I love, I love so many of the, I like all of the tracks off of it. There's not a song that I don't have an interest in. There's not a song I would skip over. Like, and I just like the more, the more I listen to them. Like I have been blasting this album for like the last like two weeks. Cause like, I just keep listening to it. Um, and I've been listening to it since it came out. Like it's just a fun to listen to album. Mm. Oh Yes. So it's hard to tell you that that's my number two choice because it vies hard for the number one position. However, my number one album, (laughs) and I I have strong feelings about it. I'm a little, it's Mac Miller's Circles. And I I, I shit you not, I sat down. Like I literally, as Colton was finishing his up, I pulled it up and I I double checked because I was like, did I imagine that it did not get a Grammy nomination? I was like, did I, I got a check because I don't want to sit here and sound like an idiot. And then everyone's like, no, it did. Of course it did. Like, because of course it should have, it should have been nominated for a Grammy. It should have won. Like it was a beautiful album, like top to bottom. And I'm telling you, this is a person who was not a Mac Miller fan before. Like I had never, as far as I know, I had not listened to Mac Miller. I have since gone back and corrected my ways. I love Mac Miller and this album, like I listened to it once and I was like, that's going to be like my favorite album of the year. I think like that's hard to beat. Like it was so good right out the gate. Like it floored me and like, I cannot recommend it enough. I know I've told you to listen to it. I know I've told you to listen to it. I know I've told you and I've told other people to listen to it too. I have vied hard for this album because I think it's so beautiful Mm. Um, and it came out at like the top of the year too. Like, like it was like mid January last year it came out. Um, that experience of double checking if something has been nominated for a Grammy, Leanne LaHavis' album, I literally read like four articles that mentioned her album, mm-hmm. but like that it was snubbed, that yeah. it didn't get nominated. I feel like there's several albums this year that got snubbed. It just, yeah, it like floors you. You're like, what? <laughs> This was one. Yeah. Um, um, morbid question. Yeah. When did Mac Miller die? It was um, late 2018. It was like September, October, I think, is when he died. 
So it came. So this album and this comes is all out, new stuff, right? Yeah, this was stuff he had just put out an album. So he had just put out an album shortly before he died as well. He put oh. out um, "Swimming." Okay. Um. So that had just come out, like, and then he literally had another album, like, basically ready to go when it happened. Damn. I will admit that some of why I listened to the album was it is a posthumous album, and I was like. I remember everybody making a fuss when he died, but I wasn't familiar with his music. And so I was like, I'll do it. Like I'll listen to a posthumous album. It's good. It is called circles. Uh, just the cover of it looks great. Like it's an interesting capturing of, I think what you get to encounter. Um, and it, it basically is kind of talking about the whole, like the things, the phases of life. It's you at the top. It's Mac Miller at the top, the peak of his fame, feeling really, really good. And it's like the lows where he like feels like a shitty person for like a variety of reasons. And there are all of these in-between places of people valuing you because of your status and your money, but not because of who you are. And you coming to terms with things about yourself and like knowing that days do get better. Like they're not always bad. Um, It's a really good album. It's very mature. It's gorgeous. There are moments where it's very stripped down. It is another intimate album. Um, there are moments when you get these really fun, like funky, like bouncy, like it does keep going. There's some like nice, like groovy bass riffs and stuff. Um, God, I need to look it up because uh, the album was recorded before he died. Um, it was finished by, and now I have to double check the name because I don't want to like say who it was you know like wrong but like essentially somebody else like came in and was like okay so we're gonna finish this album um john bryan essentially he was the one who like basically walked it through completion but from what i understand it was mostly done like you didn't have to do much for like fill in the blanks yes um god there's a lot of standout scene like songs um complications is a nice uh like bouncy one to listen to um i like blue world i really like hands i like woods there's a lot of really good standout songs on it like it's a good album top to bottom it's a nice length um yeah i yeah i am i am a mac miller fan because of the album and it it is an absolute shame that it got no nominate like I think it was up for a nomination maybe, but hmm. did not get it. So fully snubbed. Um, what a shame. Damn. Yes. Damn. That's it. Mac Miller circles. Mac Miller circles. Wow. Wow. It's so unfortunate that some artists have to get to this mm. terrible place in order to express something You know what? Also- beautiful. It is very sad that he died. Like, yeah. I think that that is also how I feel. I'm like, I, you know, that's a shame. He had more to give. Yeah. What a bundle. <sighs> I feel like you were, you were poising yourself to say something, but maybe you were just I was suggesting. Say, I can't believe we did that so fast. We did. We blew through it. <laughs> it is a 16th of what the Grammy Awards are going to be. Yeah. So, um, you know, strap in if you're watching that. Um, <laughs> But what a beautiful ceremony we had tonight. You what know, a great artist. There were no performances, I'm sorry to say. There are, you know, 
I had ones that I felt like mentioning the honorable mentions. Okay. Do we have any honorable mentions? <laughs> I only bring it up because <laughs> I only bring it up because Sorry. of just the fact that uh, I did listen to a lot of new music in 2020. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of stuff that came out in like 2019 that I just completely missed. Um, like Crumb, for instance. Oh, Crumb. Yes, of course. I bring up Crumb because they are excellent they just didn't their album came out in the summer of 2019 so it was by far too early for me to break the rules and include them but i feel like they um had a really nice upward trajectory and i don't know if they're gonna survive now with no like touring available or anything i don't know they keep making videos like the that that lock it but yes yeah keep making videos like that they've got like a career on the internet, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Well, and I, I one actual 2020 album, uh, Thurston Moore's album, um, By the Fire. Okay. So Thurston Moore, I, I talked to you a little bit about him the yes. other day. He used to be the guitar player for Sonic Youth. Um, that was kind of his heyday, I guess. Um, but that album, as far as like American rock and roll goes, like really hits the nail on the head like the it's it's he's an older guy so you definitely hear you know influences of music from years past but like it's a real like contribution to like modern rock and roll like uh he so by the fire it's it's an address of like fireside chats with fdr he's kind of like making that comparison but it's kind of just the idea of you know coming together in harmony and stuff like that and while I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that theme just because of how nasty some of the things that have happened in this last year have been. Um, Thurston Moore is not like a feel good, happy go lucky type of guy. So there's still a lot of like anger <laughs> on the album. Um, so yeah, another great one. Um, yeah. I just, I just wanted to mention a few other things that I thought I would have voted for if they, had been eligible. I guess if we're doing honorable mentions. <laughs> Do it. I, I will. Heavy Light. U.S. Girls. Heavy Light. Yeah. Watch, listen to that album. It's great. And Gorillaz very slowly released an album. Oh, yeah. Over the course right. of 2020. That's right. And it was all right. It was pretty good. And that's it. That's that on that. That's it. Yeah. Anybody else honorable mentions? <laughs> no. no, nothing was honorable in 2020. I still stand by my honorable mention that I didn't talk about for ASAP Rock's Spirit World Field Guide, which is really hard to say. I don't know if you listen to like, I don't know if you listen to a lot of like, I think he's hip hop, I guess. I don't know. I think he's considered hip hop. I think he's considered hip hop, but it's definitely Girl, like did a you weird... Just die? weird part i of know it. my mic just made a noise that was my blackness just <laughs> just recoiling slightly yeah That's no okay. i know who asap rocky is That's okay. <laughs> no yeah, yeah yeah i don't know it was a fun album yeah it's a weird I, album i don't think it's asap rocky it's asap rock yeah same sounding name not the same person e- extremely rock different is a white the- man <laughs> Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yes, yes. See, yes. Brandon was with okay. me. Yeah, you were like, okay. 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 This, we were ASAP Rocky. Yeah. 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 No, 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 no. You were Aesop <laughs> Rock. A- Aesop, Where like Aesop's you? fables. Yes, yes, Aesop yes, yes. Rock. Aesop's 
fables. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, 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 no. I got no. your back. I'm Thank really you. glad I'm not the only I got one. You oh, back. That's I was so dead. Glad. <laughs> what are you, what, there was a divide. You were confused. House. There's a reason because it, it is hip hop, but it's like. It's not he hip-hop. almost. Okay. It's like he's telling stories to like sort of a hip hop beat, yeah. but oh. it's not exactly hip hop. Like it is, but it's not really. Okay. Like it's kind of okay. weird. Um, yeah. It's a is fun, it almost like flowetry. Yeah, that's probably a good oh, term to yeah, use for it. Yeah. I would probably call it flowetry. Like that seems appropriate. And the did, spirit world field guy is like is just or does no. it exist? No, flowetry is a thing. Yeah. Oh, excuse uh, me. Okay, <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh. no, it's I. I feel like you could call it flowetry. Like I just it, said it it's out a loud fun either. ramble. Yeah, he's very fast paced delivery. It's hard to pick out some stuff, but there's a lot of cool imagery that he packs into like his songs, and like it is like. A weird story that's usually being told. Yeah. He's been around for a minute. He's been around for a minute. Yeah, for a while now. And he's got some, like, he has Not some really good albums. I no, really like this one. No, and he does the beat production on his albums, too. Yeah. Which I think is really cool. So, like, you know, he's writing and he's also, like, doing all that production work. Like, yeah. it's a cool album. You should listen to it. Yes, awesome. indeed. Hmm. Do you listen to it, Colton? I haven't listened to the the new one, but oh I have listened to ASAP Rock before. You got my back. I I subscribed to Alternative. Nicole, have you heard of ASAP Rocky? <laughs> yes, I, I have. I have heard of ASAP Rocky too, and I'm Who sorry that? I did not help clear up that distinction. Like oh. uh, I knew I might need to, and then for some <laughs> reason no, I got overexcited. I was like, dang, I just Jesus hear is some trash. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just <laughs> truly, I just like, hear right, she's a bad bitch. You whatever. are messaged that earlier, and I was sitting here thinking. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> no, I <laughs> I heard Melissa say ASAP Rocky really softly. I was like, hold on, okay. hold on. We yeah, need yeah. to draw a distinction here. Two Thank very different you. artists. Thank you. You didn't know what to think of me. You were like, what? <laughs> Jeannie's no. just listening Thank to some trash. Jeannie, I did not know that about about you. heard it either. It's like, okay, all right. Wow. Oh. Uh, Great. Oh, my God. What a lovely evening full of beautiful music. All right. You have your homework out there, kids. All six of you. Um, learn, yeah. Learn about some of the good things that happened in 2020. Yeah. There were very few, but there, there were some good stuff. Go, go, go out there. Um, explore. And tell us what you think. Were we wrong? Do you have better nominations? I know there was tons of, tons of music out there. Um, yeah. You can fight me. Jeannie will fight you. But the album of the the album of the year. The album of the year was Mac Miller Circles. All right. That's it. That's it. Okay. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we'll be back in two weeks. We're gonna be uh, uh our original regularly scheduled program. Yes, exactly. That's what I was trying to get to. Um getting a rewrite. Who knows what we're going to be doing, but we're going to be doing something and we're going to give you all kinds of information about it. Um, so in the meantime, really it's going to be great. It's going to be great. We're going to be talking you. about music. Music. And things about music and, things, and artists. We're going to uh-huh. find the groove. We're, we're going to find, find it. And groove. we're going to put the needle in it. We're going to well, Hold get on. It. I got oh. that wrong. We're going to get... <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty then. <laughs> so... Goodbye. I love you. Stay safe out there. Um, does somebody want to conduct our, our like, <laughs> bye, 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 bye. bye. bye.